If you're not there, please turn to Ephesians 6, and we've made it to chapter 6. Praise God. You know, I look back at chapter 1, and to the beginning of chapter 1, and we see throughout the epistle, one of the reoccurring themes is the believer, the Christian's identity in Christ. It's clear. We see in chapter 1 who we are, how we got there, what God did. And it's amazing, as the world goes through an identity crisis, this is not for us. Child of God, you know who you are by grace. And you know whom you believed. And he's able to keep that which you have entrusted unto him. So present things. So let's turn to 6. We're going to read 1 to 4. Today we cover 1 to to 3. Verses 1 to 3 in chapter 6. As we look at continuing with relationships. The identity we have outside of the church. As a matter of fact, in the home. Relationships. This one particularly has to do with the families. Hear the word of God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. For many people in the world, this may come as a shock. You ready? In the beginning, God did what? Created the heavens and the earth. And in the beginning, God created man. And in the beginning, the creation account, God thought it would be not good that man should be alone, so he would give him a helper, a helpmate. And God created the institution of marriage. And from marriage, God ordained family. Now, it's pretty amazing when we look at the world around us because man continues in his quest to redefine God's decrees. And this is resulting in what we see in chaos and confusion. But we, God's people, need not be confused when it comes to family, when it comes to marriage, which we have spoken about. Because we've been given God's Holy Spirit, if you are in Christ today. And the Spirit is conforming you to the image of Christ. And the Spirit you've been given is the Spirit of truth. And because we have the Spirit, we're able to understand and not fall prey to the lies of this world. Because we have God's supernatural spirit and supernatural word, we can walk in our identity and empowerment. You see, God has given us His designer manual. We looked at it for marriage, but we have a designer manual as well for family. God has given us what we need to know. Let me remind you of something. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him, the Almighty God, who called us by His own glory and excellence. 2 Peter 1.3 God has prepared, prepared us to live on the earth and He's given us what we need. Now clearly, 
As we look at the topic of families, we're going to look at instructions for families. Clearly, we see the schemes of the adversary, which we'll look at when we get to verse 10, God willing. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's schemes. And what we see around us is an agenda. It is a Marxist agenda. And part of the agenda is the destruction of the family, the traditional family, the biblical family. Call it nuclear family. Call it what you want. And we see lies over and over again being propagated in this world. And a lot of these eyes, these darts, are aimed at our children. But how do you combat lies like we looked at a couple of weeks ago? Children, you know how you combat lies? You combat it with truth. And for those children who have God's Spirit, you've been given the Spirit of truth. And I want to remind you again, which the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides in you. Now we have the Holy Spirit. And this passage of Scripture is connected. Although there's a chapter break, it's connected to really to 18. We have God's Holy Spirit, and the command is that we would be filled with the Spirit. And when we are filled with the Spirit, one of the things that happens is submission. Submission to what? The ways of the world? Submission and obedience to God and His Word. The Spirit helps us live out this new identity that we've looked at in Ephesians. Now today, we focus on the children. Children in the Lord. We'll look at parents primarily next week. But we focus here on the children. Now we see in verse 1, dealing with children, we see that children are to submit themselves to their parents. I'm going to read the verse to you. We see the family, God's family paradigm, God's order and structure in place. This is the word of God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now let's consider the Amplified Bible for a moment. I want to read this scripture to you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. For this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Children, I want to speak to you. He who has ears to hear and she who has ears to hear, let them hear. First things first, children, you are valued. You are valued by your parents. You are valued by this congregation. You are valued by God. We live in a world that does not value children as much as you get the value that is in here. And this is no different than the context in pagan Asia Minor. I don't even want to read for you what the practices were for children back then. But do understand that we recognize you children here today in Christ that children are a blessing from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, children, you are valued, and your parents value you, and your parents have a calling from God. They have a holy calling. And parents, 
We will address you as well, myself included. The children need to see Christ in you. They need to understand the value that you have. Because understand this, you are the primary disciple makers for your children. The local church has a role. But parents, you are going to formulate Christ in them. A quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. It is from God that parents receive their children, and it is to God that they, in turn, ought to lead them. So children, do what is right. Do what is right. Obey and honor your parents, as we're going to see. This is good for you, children. This is good for the church. It is good for society. And it is well Pleasing to God. So we see two commands for the children to obey and honor. And these are going to be taken from God's word. You see, the parents are the representation of God in the home for the children, especially the young children. And when you're discipling and and, and pouring into the children at a young age, it will reap dividends in the future. When you do things God's way, it's the best way. Certainly. Now we see a lot of this motif of the parent teaching the children and the children obeying the parent. We see a lot of it in Proverbs. I'm going to read you Proverbs 6.20. My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk to you, for the commandment is a lamp and teaching is a light. So the expectation here is that obey your parents because they're going to be giving you the word of God. They're going to be teaching you God's, God's decrees or God's ways. And this is good for you, and this is a form of protection for you. So you can be wise. Although you're valued here, the world may not value you like we do. And you can teach yourself. You can protect yourself in the Spirit of God. And you can discern and establish what is right, what is wrong. There is a right. Children, there is a wrong by necessity. In a world that's telling you that wrong is right and right is wrong. Obey your parents in the Lord. Obey the Word of God so that you may be stable. So that when the parents are pouring into you, you will overcome life's hardships. Children, you're going to have hardship. You're going to be dealing with things. Everyone does. You'll have your problems. But when you're obeying your parents at a young age, you'll be better equipped to deal with the problems mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. God's Word and the discipleship of the parents does this. It offers you protection. And God's word and his wisdom, when you obey, helps you navigate through a godless world. You see, obey your parents and honor God. That doesn't mean that you're going to win a popularity contest. But you want to honor God. It's foremost. It is better to, uh, it is better to be godly than to be popular. So, 
You will obey something, children. What is it that you obey? Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Everyone will obey and serve something. What is it that you obey, if not your parents? I want you to consider that. Your parents know better than you. They really, really do. And the parents in this church understand God. They've been reconciled to God. They love God. And you're going to get the best counsel you could possibly get from your parents, I believe. So we see that hardship, self-induced hardship, can be avoided when you learn at a young age to obey. But the reality is, just like I do, you have desires contrary to what we see in the Scriptures that you don't want to obey. Now, one of the things we see in our generation is many are obeying their feelings. Many children obey their feelings, and they grow up in adolescence, into their 20s, and even 30s with a feelings-based obedience. There are things in this world that will never be right no matter what they feel, no matter how you feel about them as well. And there are sins that can be avoided when you learn this at a young age. Now, again in Proverbs, there are many, there's much opposition in this world. Okay, I told you, you may not win the popularity contest. There are many who would entice you. There are many ways in this world that are contrary. And if you don't have a strong foundation... If you could understand me, I pray that you do. You may be swept, swept away by every wind and wave of doctrine in this world. But if you are the Lord's, you are his. But I would say this to you. If you obey your parents and listen to their counsel, this will be beneficial. One of the things we see in the scriptures, that it's good for you. It's not obeying, and then maybe it doesn't feel good. It's, you're obeying because it's good for you. Now, that means that sometimes your parents will say no. That's just the reality. And it may upset you. I remember when I was talking to Gloria about this. I was 14 years old, and I wanted to go to a rock concert in Madison Square Garden. And I was set. I wanted to go. And my parents said no. And I got upset. But looking back at that now, I realized that was good for me. That was good for me to not be in that environment. That was good for me to not be around certain people that I was going with. But the reality is that they will say no. And when your parents say no, you be sure there are others that will come by around and say yes. Children, don't be deceived by empty words. The word of God and the, the primary function of the parent is your is your, what you are to adhere to. Don't be deceived with empty words. Because of this, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Understand, this whole myth, parents, of neutrality, there is no neutrality. You're either in Christ or you're in Adam. You're either for Christ or you're against them. Now, that doesn't mean that all the children possess the Holy Spirit and they'll have obedience, but it's our due diligence to keep them away to some extent the philosophies of this world are dangerous. But they got to go out. I understand they will learn for themselves. But again, doing things God's way is the best way, and doing things God's way has long-term positive ramifications.
But children, for those who are born of the Spirit, do you delight in God? Do you find satisfaction in God? Do you enjoy God? Do you enjoy getting into the Scriptures? Do you enjoy coming here? It's something that you should. This is the, for you, it's not just about rules and regulations, but having that delight in God. And you will see over a course of time, you'll be better equipped to deal with so many things. For this is right. So we see children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So children, if something is right, do you think maybe something else could be wrong? Yes. But who sets the standard for right? In other words, children, who do you believe? Who's really right? There's not a whole lot you can trust in the world. There's really not. I hope you have respect and authority for leadership, but there's really not many leaders worth trusting. But who sets the standard for right? God. God's standard is right. And if your parents are in here week after week, hearing the word of God, desiring God, you know they want the best for you, and they are going to give you what is right. So therefore, this is right. Now, parents, there's a concentrated effort to reprogram one of God's restraints. Two restraints, I'll say. Certainly the family, but the conscience. A lot of what's happening in public schools today is a reprogram and a rewiring of conscience. We have to be mindful of that. So who determines what's right? It is God. It is your parents following God. You see, children, there's a way that seems right. The scriptures tell us, Proverbs 14, 12. But in the end, it leads to death. It's like there's a way that looks right. Everything looks good. But it's like they, you, you fall off a cliff, if you could understand that. It doesn't end well. God's way is the best way. We see massive confusion in this world, but understand, there's no confusion in God's word. None whatsoever. What God said is right will be right. Children, what God said is wrong will always be wrong. Regardless of what you hear, regardless of how you feel. Okay? If someone tells you to do something that your parents, by the word of God, have told you it's wrong, I'm just going to keep this as simple as I can. If somebody tells you, no, it's right, Don't consent. Don't follow. No, it's wrong. Children, there is right, there is wrong. And God sets the standards. So we see in verse 2, something else that you're called to do. Now, obey is the action. And you're called to do that. For children who have the cognitive abilities, for children who are mature enough to understand. But then now we see an attitude. Honor. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. So, obey is the action, but here's the attitude. Now, when your children, when your parents tell the children, tell you, go clean your room, all right? I'll just use that. Go clean your room. You're to do it. 
But there's also to be an accompanied attitude. They know best. They know what's right. But the command to honor the father and mother is not just in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament placed this command in the highest regard. The highest regard. In the New Testament, we see it for yourself. You can see it in Matthew 15.4, Matthew 19.19, Mark 7.10, and so on. Further highlights this importance of this command. Not just obeying, but the attitude behind it. This will sow character into you. To have an attitude of obedience and, and to honor your parents is to honor God. Now, understand this. Maybe some of you really want to obey God, honor God. Maybe some of you don't. But when you are obeying and honoring your parents, you are honoring God. That's what the scripture says. So what does it mean to honor? It's that you respect your parents. You respect them. You respect their place in the Lord. And you look back. And I guarantee you in this congregation, you look back at your parents and see all that they've done for you. You see how great they've been, imperfect. But you know what we do, children? We'll look at something that was unpleasing to us, something that maybe not the best thing, maybe they didn't make the best choice, and that's what we focus on. I guarantee you the blessings and the wisdom of your parents far outweighs something you were displeased with. So... How do you respond to their instruction? Do you honor them by responding correctly? Okay. It is the right thing to do and... Now understand, I know you're young, but God is calling you to do this. This is the right thing to do, and this is what God expects of you. So please, we see in verse 3 something. We see a blessing. To obey your parents, to honor your parents, is good for you. Remember, it's protection. It's good for you. So we see in verse 3, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Now there's various interpretations of what this means, but I'll just say this. Let's go with what this does not mean. Children, obey and honor so that it may be well with you. God's way is the best way. I promise you that. I guarantee that. Maybe not the easiest way, but the best way. And that you may live long on the earth. This doesn't mean that you will never get sick. This doesn't mean that you may not have problems. But what this means, over a course of your life, it will be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. That is symbolic in the Old Testament of blessing. Now, I will read that this for the adults from the Reformation Study Bible. Live long in the land. The promise supporting the fourth commandment anticipates the covenantal blessings offered to Israel upon their entrance into the promised land. Deuteronomy 28, 1-14. Israel's residence in that land foreshadowed new covenant believers' eternal life in the heavenly homeland, in the new creation for which the patriarchs hoped the gift of God's grace received by persevering faith. Spoke a little bit about persevering faith this morning. But regardless you be young, regardless you be old, obey and honor your parents in the Lord, for it may be well. It's good for you, 
and you will be blessed. Now, there are consequences here for disobedience and when you dishonor your parents and when you dishonor, by implication, God. We see that there are many young people who live, grow old with regret. They have regret from childhood. And it can be anything from drugs, crime, jail, and all these other things. Folks, if you want to research on your own, if you don't think God's way is the best way, look at all the models that oppose God's family. Look at all the models that oppose God's marriage decree. And you tell me if you think those are better. There's more fruitful way of life. That's not the case. You see, we understand that in the last days, children will be disobedient to parents. And this also is emblematic of God's restraint being lifted on a society. We see that in Romans 1.30. When God lifts his restraint to the wrath of abandonment, this is what happens. Now, disrespect to your parents and dishonoring will carry over in other areas of life. And really, we're seeing now it in full blast. The abolition of law and order. Justice is now perverted in the streets. And we see the disintegration of a civilized society. And a lot of that finds its roots in the home. Now, the consequences of disobeying your parents is not good for you. It's not good for society. It's not good for anyone. Do you want to obey God? This is all I could say. I can only give you the word of God. I don't have anything else. I will give you Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases God. Honor your parents, and it honors you honor God. This is very simple. And this is something that I pray that you get today. So it is the right thing to do. And it is dangerous to dishonor your parents. We live in a world that is very opposite of what you're being taught right now. And if you go into this world over a period of time and rebel against God, and particularly if you're His, God will bring consequences upon you. And if you're not his, the consequences will be worse. I'm not here to scare anyone, okay? I'm telling you what the word of God speaks about. If you don't believe me, get together with your parents and read Proverbs. Read Proverbs chapter 1, go to verse, go to verse 8. But children, I want to just tell you this today. You have a unique opportunity in front of you, a, a great opportunity. To walk with the Lord at an early age. To obey your parents. To understand what the Bible is speaking about. What God wants for you. How God values you. It's a unique opportunity. And for the parents, I, I would say something. I've heard this a lot last week. So many parents, so my cousin and many other people say, I wish, had I only wished, I would have known this when I was a kid. Learn from your parents and learn. There are many here who came to faith at an older age. 
And if they could go back, now we understand God has an appointed time under heaven for all things, and God was sovereign in our salvation. But you could learn from the blessings that they bestow upon you and their discipleship. You could also learn from their mistakes. You know, the word of God is timeless. We see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 to 10, where Paul speaks about temptation in verse 11. There is now therefore no temptation that such is uncommon to man, but God is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation provide a way of escape. And you're going to be tempted. But in the preceding chapters before that, it speaks about learning from Israel's, the forefathers' mistakes. Children, you have a lot to learn from. And you have to experience things, I understand that, but you could avoid a lot of pain. I really, really believe that. So, we're living in an age where you cannot trust all that much, kids. I'm sorry to say that, and I don't want to depress anyone, but you really can. You're being lied to incessantly. It is at a rate that I've never seen before. And with social media, this does not help you. So who can you trust? Who can you trust? Well, you can trust God, and you can trust your parents in the Lord. I want to read something to you. Listen, children. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man or the woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For it leaves, it remains green and is not anxious in the year of drought and it does not cease to bear fruit. Children, Get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God yourself. I promise you. We want to just read for you what Psalm 1 speaks about. Maybe I'll close with that. But obey and honor, it's the right thing to do, and it may seem burdensome. I know. You may see a whole world, and you may see all your friends doing something different. And you may have people making fun of you. I realize that. But I promise you, listen to me. In the end, you'll be fine. You'll deal with some hardship, but if God is for you, who can be against you? So please, hear my words, okay? Now, what about the children here that are not in the Lord? I'm aware of that. Children here do have a conscience. A God, God's restraint has been put into them. We see that in Romans 2. But as I told you, as they go out, that conscience, by Satan's schemes through this wicked and perverse generation, through people, the program, they attempt, attempt to deprogram the conscience. You've got to pour the word into them because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And the gospel presented to them, because it's the power of God unto salvation. Now, this conscience can get deprogrammed, but we, all we can do, what you do, parents, is you pray for them. This sounds so elementary and so primitive. Pray for them. Ask God to save them. Okay? And I think of Timothy. I think of Timothy, parents pouring. I think the implication was, 
and Timothy, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I'm sure it's in you as well. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about faith being contagious. When you see the parents' faith, now they cannot get saved from your faith. But I do believe the faith that dwelt in Timothy's grandparents was a positive, was very positive for his own salvation. Now, we will look more for the parents next week. But I just want to end with this. The world may get more chaotic by the day, and it may be massive confusion. We see the identities. You have an identity crisis here. There's an identity theft going on because the thief comes to rob, steal, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give life and give it abundantly. And that's what we go by. We don't need to be confused. If we're following our parents, and our parents are following the word of God, it's so simple, but so hard to do. And understand, we are walking through a desert here as the minority in this society. That's okay. There's God before us who will be against us. Now, there's two questions we want to close with and we want to ask. Many people are saying, what's going on? They're trying to figure everything out. What's happening? Where did this come from? Did this come from the 60s? Did this come from Berkeley? Did this... this comes from, once again, Brother Bob up there. It comes from the garden. It comes from the pit of hell, what we're seeing. Okay? This is not some worldview clash of ideologies. And we're going to see that in the next couple of verses. What you need to ask yourself is, What does the Bible say about this thing, whatever it is? And what does it mean by that? Begin there and end there. Okay? Now, what do you trust in? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. That's all you can trust in. And trust in the godly family here. Trust in your parents. And I will say this to you. If you trust and obey and honor them, it will be well with you. It's not my opinion the scriptures bear that. But I just want to pray for those who maybe have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You be young, you be old. And you see what's happening here. You see the chaos. And you're saying to yourself, is this how it's always been? The answer is no. Not in America anyway. I don't know what happens next. It's probably not good. And you walk around and you're discouraged. And there's many people who are so lost. And that's why we prayed for the gospel to go forth. Such a lost time. Leaders who are clueless. Clueless that the destruction is so near to their souls. But I would say this to you. You feel lost. You must understand that Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. And Christ is the answer. Christ is the only alternative in this generation of alternatives. It's Christ and Christ alone. For there is one name given among men under heaven by which they may be saved. You be old. You be young. You come to this realization now. There's no other B plan. There's nothing else. There's no neutrality. It's Christ and Christ alone. This is not my opinion. 
This is what God has given us. And listen. Listen to the counsel you're getting. It'll save you hardship. And you, it will be well with you. So for those who have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you're curious about this, your parents have told you, and maybe you want to speak to someone else, Glenn or myself, come see me after service, okay? I hope you understood what the scriptures had to say, not really what I had to say. But with that, we close. And do remember this, children. Parents value you, but not as much as God values you. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you, Lord, we know, Lord, we know, Lord, that you've given us this great identity in the book of Ephesians, who we were, who we now are. And as we grow into this identity, as we grow into these people, we're asking, Lord, for our children. We're asking, Lord, that they would be, they would be saved, Lord, and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. They would delight in the Lord. They would find their satisfaction in the things of God and a dissatisfaction for the things of this world. The message is clear. The message is simple. But Father, we need your empowerment. Open the blind eyes if there's anyone here in Jesus' name. Amen.